Dixie folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, everybody. Well, it was the last uh, Thursday. Uh, well, before we get into the main meat of the thing, last Thursday is right after I did that. I was doing a show with someone else, which I don't want to mention here because I don't want to give it publicity for reasons that the other person knows. But as soon as I got off that show, I found out that Axel Jodorowsky had died. And what movie would most of a uh, horror and genre fans really know him from? Sante Sag. Uh, Santa Sangra. Santa Sangre. Holy blood. Uh, or sainted yes. blood, yeah. Yeah, he played the lead role in it. And he also played Jodorowsky's father in the two parts of his autobiographical saga that he got to fin- that he got to finish. Yeah, great great films. Man, and I just feel bad for Joe Dewarski, not because I love his work. It's just there's an old saying, and that is, a parent should never have to bury their own child. Absolutely. So our condolences and, and, and our love to to uh, Alexander uh, Joe uh, just a very, and, very sad day. And if you haven't seen Santa Sangre, God, you need to. Oh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. It's one of the best true crime movies there ever was. Mm-hmm. I want to say this is the second son of Joe Dworsky's that died. The youngest one who played like uh, the the pimp character in Santa Sangre, I think he died too. I'm not sure of that. I'd have to check. Yeah, but you know, I the have... guy with the big boom box and the suspenders. Right. Who took mm-hmm. uh, the people from the asylum and uh, took them yeah, and got I, them drunk I, I... and got them laid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, either way, our love goes out to you, Alejandro, and that's all we pretty much can say. But then on Friday, 
I just seen something just damn hit that Henry Silva died at what was it ninety six? Ninety six, yes. Ninety six. One of the last of the old school badasses. And, when we and by the way, you him, are right about Teo Jodorowsky. He did pass away. Yeah. And when so we're that, talking about the old school badass, we're talking like, uh, you can name, add some names to it too, talking like Lee Marvin, uh, Charles Bronson. Uh, who's some other ones? Oh, Bronson, Marvin, uh, Robert Ryan, William yeah. Holden, and, and, you know, those guys What's from the... What's the name uh, who played the, the captain in Jaws? Uh, Robert Shaw. Yeah, Robert Shaw. Just those guys, when you look at them, you could tell that they probably beat the shit out of people and didn't care about it. That's the kind of old school tough guy we had when I was a kid kid as the tough guy. What it is, This is what it means to be a tough guy. We definitely lost one of the great ones, too. So. Oh, God, Go ahead yeah. and say the name. Henry Silva, just, and because of this, we're going to talk about his movies tonight, but you can see this another primer, because the next two weeks at the drive-in proper, we're going to be doing two of his movies, one we haven't decided yet, and the other one will be the one and only Oda Emana Policia Secreto Force, a.k.a. from the secret files of the police. Of the Italian police. And that's a great film. I watched that yesterday. AKA Almost Human, where they tried to sell it as a horror film over here, as a slasher. And it's not. I can just it's see not. that. Some teenage girl will go with her boyfriend who's an action fan, be like, Oh, take me to this film, it looks creepy, almost human, and the monster looks so creepy on it. The guy's like, Motherfucker, I gotta watch another slasher. And then 20 minutes in, the girl, What the fuck is this? This isn't no slasher. <laughs> this is bullshit. And, and then her boyfriend, What the fuck? This isn't no slasher. This is yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> but as we go yeah. into it, it's grim as fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grim as motherfuck. I mean. Grim as motherfucking motherfuck. <laughs> yeah, even Carl. And I didn't even. I, I did this on purpose, Carl, not to tell you how grim that motherfucker was, especially at the end. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. This has great performances from Thomas Milan and Henry Silva. And usually someone can't hang with Thomas Milan. He usually goes and just chews up the whole film and steals it. But no... Silver but let's hangs face it. With him. Let me face. Let's face it, though. Boy, does Milan just tear up in this film. Yeah, King but Lord. you agree with me, also? Like I said, that Milan 
that Henry Silva always does his part too. But we'll get into that. And the uh, and well, he started young back in uh, 1952 as Hernandez, a peasant who challenges uh, President Zapata. This was back before he was a complete badass, so you won't think that he's killed him. But he was in some great westerns for Bud Botlicker and some of the other guys that we consider the badasses when it comes to western directors of the 50s. Absolutely. Uh, Now, I do want to interject here for a moment. Well, after you're done, I need to come up with something here. Okay? So go ahead. Oh, God, no. Like, uh, the ones to watch out of them are uh, the Tall T, the Bravados, Ride a Crooked Tail, the Jayhawkers, and, uh, well, that's pretty much the best of those of his Western period. Right, and and that basically goes into... What do you think of those? The Tall T is absolutely fantastic. Okay. Yeah. The tall, uh, you know, and and if you take a look at some of the other ones that we're talking about in this period, uh, uh, even a lot of Jake Wade, Ride a Cooker Trail mm-hmm. is good, but those are the ones that I know. Now I'm going to go back a little bit and just talk about something that I think is really interesting. Um, so he grew up in Spanish Harlem. Uh, quit school when he was 13 years old, and in 1955, he auditioned for the actor's studio and, it, and was accepted. When the studio staged Michael Gasto's play, A Hat Full of Rain, uh, which uh, as a classroom project, it proved so successful it was presented on Broadway the next year with students. Get this, Ben Gazzara, Shelley Winters, Harry Godino, along with Franciosa, Richards and Henry Silva. So he well, made now his... know... Go ahead. Now I know where Silva learned to be a badass. Oh, absolutely. Got some. Hung... <laughs> no, no. Shelly, welcome to Hollywood, bitch. <laughs> Winners. Yep. <laughs> I love that story about her. <laughs> well, Ben Gazzara, too. I mean, oh, God, seriously, yeah. best, best Charles Bukowski ever in film. The thing about Ben Gazzara, if he hadn't have leaned towards Cassavetes and uh, the guy who did Tales of Ordinary, Marco Ferrari, we would have just thought of him as just another tough guy. Right, Harry O on, on, on uh, TV, if you remember. Yeah. But then we've seen him in the the movie of yeah of the ordinary uh, tales okay. of madness by by Ferrari madness killing of husband. a Chinese bookie's husband oh god fuck yeah a wedding uh huh yeah it's like one of those he's like oh you think I'm a t- oh, I am a tough guy not can act too. M- we're no. getting to the part where we're starting to see where Silva was ex- starting to exert his act- acting part because these next two are Carl's, and that is Ocean's Eleven and Cinderella. 
And Sergeant Three. Okay, so so Ocean's Eleven is, of course, we know the remake uh, with Clooney and everybody, but the original one in 1960 was, you know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, uh, and he, and that was the Rat Pack, and he was cast in that film. That became really important in his early career, and we'll get into that. Um, and and uh, it's a good caper film, you know. And Silva has a small but memorable part. Nothing nothing too fancy in it. Uh, but then uh, you start there, and you get into Cinderella. Now the thing about Cinderella, it's it's really fun, and it's one of the few Jerry Lewis movies that I like. I'm not a huge it's- Lewis fan. It may be one of the sweetest ones he's done, besides the one where he played the butler who takes care of this little boy and has to make up a big story to try to keep the little boy. Right. Right. But Cinderfella, he plays one of the stepbrothers, and it's one of the few roles that you'll see throughout his career where it was an actual comedy. And he is very, very funny in He's absolutely funny, uh, and, and it's a good, good movie. But then we get into the next one that you talked about, Sergeant Three, which is basically another of the Rat Pack films. Okay, uh, it's not one of my favorite of, of westerns, but uh, you've got Sinatra, you've got Dean Martin, you've got Sammy Davis Jr. in it, and of course, as I said, these guys. Peter Lawford's in it also, Joey Bishop. These guys wanted Henry Silva in it. So that's exactly what happened. Henry Silva plays an Apache by the name of Mountain Hawk. And again, a smaller role, but you know, this support that he had from particularly Sinatra becomes very important in one of the next films we're going to talk about. And I'm going to leave that to Stephen. The next one is his first well, the next one is a movie that came out in 62, but no one got to see it to the mid-80s. And yep. tell them that story, the backstory of why it didn't come out to the mid-80s. Well, basically, it 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 it, it, it was finished in 62. Okay, they were going to release it in 63. And I think they actually did release it very briefly in 62, but they wanted to do some recuts. That's a Manchurian candidate. And it was, it was due to come out in late 1963, but right before it came out, Kennedy was assassinated. And this was one of Kennedy's favorite novels. And, and, and it's about a presidential assassination. Uh, And uh, because of that, it was shelved. And so, unfortunately, most people didn't see it until the 80s. I, I was very privy uh, when I was in New York in the mid-80s. I think it was 82, 83, where it was um, uh, shown at the uh, Film Forum. Uh, and, and I got to see it there uh, with, I forget who the critic was of the, uh, was it Morgan Stern? Of the, of the Village Voice. I can't, I can't remember who it was. But... Henry Silva, uh, it, it's a great film. It's um, 
of course, um, Janet Lee and Frank Sinatra, Lawrence Harvey, who's absolutely fantastic in it, uh, um, James Gregory and uh, Angela Lansbury. She plays probably the most vile mother ever on screen and vile villain. I, ugh. And, and, and uh, Silva has a role as, uh, as this agent, uh, communist agent, who goes attacks um, um, Frank Sinatra using karate. So it's one of the first films. If, it's certainly not the first, but it's one of the first films and the most prominent film that uh, showed, uh, um, showed kung fu or karate or that type of fighting uh, in a major Hollywood production. And, and so it was one it. Of, uh, the first movies to say fuck in it and no it wasn't planned Henry Silva they were in the middle of fight Henry Silva was supposed to do it down and miss it but he caught his wrist right on the edge of this this, uh, table and so he said fuck which what anyone would do if they were If, like if you hit your nail on, you know, hit a nail on on your thumb. There's a difference you know, between on. hitting a nail on your thumb and breaking your entire freaking wrist. And that's why that, when they filmed the Korean flashbacks, Silva is the only one with the jacket that reaches all the way down to the bottom of his hand. Yeah. It's a great film, and it's one of my favorites, and it's, of course, part of the uh, uh, trilogy that Frankenheimer did, uh, the Paranoia trilogy. And 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 it's a brilliant film. It's so much better than the uh, remake that was done in the 90s. So please watch this film. And, and you know, as Chun Jin, Silva is fantastic. And the fact that he knows so getting his wrist broke. Damn. Yeah. And that really is where he starts, because after that he starts getting bigger roles like uh, A Gathering of Eagles, uh, Six Secret Invasion. This is one Carl wants to talk about, Johnny Cool. Yeah, so, so in 1963, um, it was deemed that Henry Silva should have a starring role, and this is one of his, I think it's his only American-produced film uh, that he starred in. And he played the lead role in, in a gangster film, Johnny Cole, uh, produced by a United Artist. Uh, he's a hitman sent on a mission to kill underworld figures who had plotted against his boss. And he basically, throughout the film, now get this, remember, he's part of the Rat Pack. So... He basically kills the following people in the movie. Elizabeth Montgomery, Mort Saul, Telly Savalas, Jim Backus, Joey Bishop, and Sammy Davis Jr. And I was looking more into this because I've never seen this film. This is now on my radar. Um, You know, we talk about uh, him and the Italian Polizias, which we'll, we'll get to here in a bit. 
But this one reminds me a lot of the one uh, of the one we were going to do a, a watch of, because again he he kills all these people and you know he not only survives he thrives, so it's pretty cool. Like you say, you know, he's a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch, right? Yeah. It's really when he starts being the badass bad guy in movies, which came yeah. after there. And plus, they've seen how he broke his freaking wrist. And they were like, you broke wrist and didn't do nothing, but that damn <laughs> yeah. <You> know. <laughs> yep. Great stuff. So now we get into to, to uh, Italy in 1965. He he goes over to Italy. So I'm going to let you have this bit of business here. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Dang it. Okay. I'm working on some people. I have to yeah. Okay. We have uh, the Secret of Asian. This is his first uh, 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 creamy film, which is Je vous Solo Mafia, which I don't know many about. This is a very hard-to-see movie. A lot of these early uh, politias and creamy film, uh, mafia films, are very fucking hard to see. But the next one I like to bring up is The Return of Mr. Moto. He got that's another starring role that we want to forget about. But then here's his two of his uh, Italian westerns. The Reward, I mean The Plainsman and The Hills Run Red. Now I don't know either of these, but but I have heard that the hills run red is really, really good. Yeah, it is. And this is when he moved over to Italy and started doing a lot of work there. There's frame up, assassination, as John Chandler, Philip Chandler. I wonder if that was a tribute. I have no idea. Uh, Never a dull moment, frame up. And this is a weird one because he was the bad guy in Man and Boy, which is the only Western that you're ever going to see a known rupee rapist star with Henry Silva. Okay, I'm not seeing Man and Boy at all. Yeah, but do you remember who starred in it? No, no, no. I don't know the film. Bill Cosby. Oh, that's Cosby. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. What year is that? Oh, that's 1971. 71, okay. yeah. And then okay. we got uh, the Italian Connection, which we'll, pro- which we'll <laughs> probably do. Because how can you resist a movie when the main focus of the movie is Henry Silva and what was his name, Carl? I'm buzzing uh, out here. Woody okay, Strode. Hold on. Woody Strode. Uh, Woody Strode, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Henry Silva and Woody Strode as two hitmen just trying to out-badass each other and rumored the two characters that uh, inspired, drag out the giant quotes, people, uh, 
Quentin Tarantino for the Jules and Vincent characters in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And this is DeLeo. His first uh, Fernando DeLeo film. Now, there are a number of of these on Arrow right now, and I have not watched this one yet. But we'll talk about two, and and we're probably going to do at least two or even all three of these that are on uh, for commentary watches for Henry. Uh, But this is the one I need to see. This is the one I haven't seen yet. And here's uh, Manhunt and Il Boss. What's one of the best God Durham beginning you have ever ever seen? So so give us the tagline. Come on. You love the tagline. Go for it. What? The tagline that you love from this. Oh yeah. Jesus doesn't like porno. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, just the lines in this are hilarious. Like, he's got a gun to a guy, and he's showing porno to these mafia guys. He's like, oh, God, help me, Jesus. Jesus, help me. Jesus is not here. Jesus doesn't like porno. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and the stuff. only problem we'll have with the Boston, we'll talk about it more when we see it, is that it'll boss 200% set up for a sequel that never got made. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It even ends with to be continued. Yeah. And next is Cry of a Prostitute, where he is just so fucking mean in. Well, in the Italian police, he's basically mean as fuck, isn't he? Like all the way yeah, through. Yeah, he just he, he just mean as fuck all the way through. And the next one, well, we've already talked about that. Almost human. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be doing a watch on that. You'll hear more about that when we do the watch. Trust me. And then we got Kidnapped, where he played another one. And White Fang by To the Rescue, directed by Lucio Pulci. Nice. Henry Silva as Mr. Nelson. Then we got Manhood in the City. And this next one, I'm going to give to Carl because he loves it so much. I love it too, but not as much as Carl. And that is Shoot! Okay, so so what you got here is you basically he he basically goes to Canada to do this film, and it's about um, you know two armed groups see each other across a body of water. Deadly incident ensues, and the first group returns to their town in fear of consequences, and that that basically because of this, all hell breaks loose. It is a great film. It stars Cliff Robertson, Ernest Borgnine, and Henry Silva. And and also, let's not forget, um, Kate Reed is in this, who I love. Uh, it's just such a great film. Helen Shaver's in this, too, by the way. Um, and it's 
and it's a brutal film. And basically, uh, you know, one of the hunters is shot dead from combat uh, veterans also hunting. And uh, the leader, uh, Major Rex, suspects the other party may be plotting revenge. And it just gets more and more crazy and more and more, um, you know, basically Robertson becomes psychotic over this. And it's it's great. It's great. Okay, got to see it. So that, that, my friends, is shoot. Yeah. And it and the ending is so bizarre. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, I'm not even going there. I don't want people to know what the ending is. Yeah. And we got Crime Busters. We're getting to the TV before the show. Don't worry. And then we got a free hand for a tough cop. A contract on Cherry Street. Box back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nineteen seventy nine. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go seventy nine, no, and then I'm going to talk about his his seventy eight TV appearance. Go ahead, seventy nine. No, we'll talk about his TV stuff later. Don't worry, we'll get. Oh, okay. To it. In nineteen seventy nine, I went to the theater. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh, it's a Charles Bronson movie, and that movie will be Love and Bullets with." <laughs> The main bad guy, well, the second-in-command main bad guy being Vittorio Ferroni, played by Henry Silva. So, yes, we have a movie where Henry Silva and Charles Bronson try to out-badass each other. Okay, I just got to go with this cast, okay? So you got Bronson and Silva. Of course, you got Joe Ireland in it. Uh, that's to be expected. But Rod Steiger, yeah. Trevor Martin, Brad yeah. Bradford Dillman, Michael Gottstow, Paul Coslow. Fuck, man, that that's great stuff. Albert Salmi even in this. Good. Oh, Lord. it's a great film. I don't know why it isn't more well known than it is. I don't know either. I don't know. Damn good film. And next we're going to his Japanese film, which is Virus. Uh, We never saw Virus. Okay? We never did. What do you mean? Basically, Virus was over three hours long. I think it was even maybe a a, uh, um, miniseries in Japan. What did uh-huh. we get? 87 minutes. Yeah. But who do we get Henry Silva acting next to in Virus? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I remember, what was it Warren Green? Hold on. Yes, and? Oh, Chiba, of course. Chiba. Yeah, Sonichi Chiba, directed by Kenji motherfucking Fukusaku. <laughs> Yep. We don't deserve that level of cool, but we got it. Well, in short, Oh, we even have Bo like Svensson a... in there, too. I forgot yeah. that. Bo Svensson. I mean, George Kennedy. Yeah. Like I said, it's just badass. I mean, just Henry Silva and Chiba in the same film. 
By, by the way, I have to backtrack here a little bit because he makes a film that we need to talk about, and that that's Thirst. That one's no, oh, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, no, we need to backtrack a little more. He was Kane in Carl's favorite science fiction movie in 1979. Well, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah. But he, the only good thing about that movie. Besides the boobies on the, besides the boobies on uh, the credits. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and, and we're talking Buck, Buck Rogers, Rogers in the, the 25th century. And funny is when yeah. they did the movie, they took like the first and I think third episodes of it and squashed it together in one movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, or was it, it the first and second? I'm not sure. I think it was the first and second, actually. Yeah. Very cool. Henry Silva's entrance is he looks at Buck and he goes, can I kill him? Please, can I kill him? Oh, just <laughs> no. let me kill him. Just let me kill him, man. <laughs> just once. Just once. Let me kill him. Let me kill him. Please. Yeah. I just want to kill him. I mean, I don't want to hurt him. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this so, movie so, has uh, everything for a bad sci-fi film. It has an annoying fucking robot. It has uh, the main bad girl dressing like Sharon. What's that cover that she wore, that stupid fur outfit with the big spear? I have no idea. Half-breed. Oh, okay. And it has them dancing the disco music. God, awful, it awful. Is just but he's craptastic. But he's wonderful in it. Oh God, yeah. Henry still. <laughs> uh, and now so I'm going go... to thirst. And you want to take mm-hmm. this one, Carl? Oh, absolutely. I want to take this one. This is one of my favorites. This is a very odd little vampire film. It's and why is unique. it odd? Uh, because it's about basically they're using this woman's blood, uh, and they're, they're experimenting on it and, uh, they're trying to elongate life and that makes them, uh, uh, vampires. But basically you have. Wrong. Okay. Because it was an Aussie solicitation in the era where they say, fuck all the filmmaking rules. We don't have any. Well, let's just take the creatures and do whatever weird fucking shit we want to with it. Well, that's the whole thing. It's weird as fuck. Yeah, that's and, what I mean. And, uh, that's what I loved about Aussie exploitation horror from that era. They didn't have the rules that we had so they could go wherever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so you know, take a look at this. Uh, most of these people you wouldn't know. Chantal Contori. Uh, uh, Max Phipps, but you would know Henry Silva, of course. David Hemmings is in this. Robert Thompson, who was the lead in Patrick. Uh, great film, by the way. Great Aussie film. But this is just so odd. And by the way, the vampires can like walk in daylight and shit. You know, that it ain't my matter. favorite odd little bit. Okay, which one? It's which when one? they uh, uh, take the blood. And put it in milk cartons. 
Yes. And ship it out. <laughs> yeah. And on there, instead of uh, 1%, 2%, and pasteurized, yeah, I own it. It has A, yeah. B plus, O, O, take it on the carton. <laughs> and the card's on the side. Yeah. Have you seen this missing vampire? Please contact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It has I love one this of Silva's best death scenes ever in it. Yes. Yes. Great film. So, Great so film. So you can see it. It's called Thirst. And look and make sure it's the 19... Da, 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 da. 79. 1979. A, 19, it says 80, but 19... Uh, let's see. Yeah, 1979 Australian movie. And what was that movie that he did after Virus? It was a smaller role. Damn it, I forget about it. It's about some kind of city, and he's uh, uh, doing, and he's playing like Marlon Perkins. Yep, and and that, of course, would be one of my favorite films written by John Sales, starring Robert Forster, and just, Absolutely a blast, and we did Hours. the commentary. Yeah, we did it for Fourth of July just because it's so much fun and brings a grin to your face. Yep. Just to see and that would be him, yeah, alligator. <laughs> How's my hair? How's my hair? Yeah. Oh, hello, baby. I know you want me, but I'm in work right now. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> don't forget the. Cr- don't forget the great Sydney Lassick too. God, I love this movie. Fucking love this movie. Yeah, and Silva loves it too. Yeah, I mean, I Tom. read a retrospective where Henry Silva said he just loved every moment of it, and he thanked John Sales and Louis Teague after the movie was over for letting them have yes. such a blast. Because as you can see, even Henry Silva can get tired of playing Henry Silva roles, which explains yeah. why he would do something like Buck Rogers, uh, Thirst, uh, Alligator. Yep. Good, good, great film. Great film and wonderful horror movie and just so much fun. It's a blast. And next is one of the closest we ever got to an American-Italian crime-slash-action film, and that is Sharky's Machine, which has this scene where he screams at a guy while he's shooting him. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm not I a like big fan of this you. Yeah, but Silva's great. That scene where he's shooting that guy going, ah! It's well, of course. Awesome. Yeah, but but you know he only has a small role in that, and and I do think that it's I I, I think it's miscast in a lot of ways, man. I I yeah, I've never but cared. I got a movie that's his next movie that will make you like Sharky Machine any more even more. Okay, talk to me. He played Rafik in Wrong Is Right. Do you know, I know somebody whose that movie is in their top ten movies of all time. 
And I said to them, What is their address and where can I kill them? I mean, <laughs> seriously, I just said to them, You need to rewatch it because it's not good. It is boring as death. It's not good. It's a real, real misfire. Yeah, it's one of those movies like your dog. You want to take it outside and go, bad, 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 bad. Yeah. You go in the bathroom out here, not on the bed. Yeah, exactly. And next is one of his most underrated movies, which I didn't get to see until Code Red put it out, and it's Trapped 1982. He plays like this, ahead of this little backwoods town where these teenagers accidentally see him kill somebody, and he's spending the rest of the movie trying to kill him, and he just, it's just so good. What's the name of this film again? Trapped. Okay, is it also known as Baker County, USA? I think so, yeah. Okay, I don't know this one, don't know it. Oh, it's good. It's another, it's a Canadian action film directed by William Fruitt, starring Henley Silva. Well, Fruitt's a damn good director. A group of college students witness a redneck murdering his wife's lover, and then he comes after their ass. Nice. It's very unknown and under the radar. And it's just good. I think it's on YouTube, but any way you get to see it, it's fucking good. And it should be up higher on the list of his films than it is. Yeah, that's one I'll have to, I'll have to really search out. I don't know that film and at all. next is one that Carl told me that he's seen about ten times in the theater in 1982. Uh, no, it would be 1983. No, 1982. No, it's Carl 1983. Loved, Carl, Carl, Carl don't want to admit it, but he loved Barry Bostwick in Megaphore. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if God is my witness, I do not understand how there is a cult for this. Stu- I love you, Hal Needham. You know how much I love Hal Needham in his movies. Yes, Absolutely. But this is his, what the fuck were you thinking? Exactly. I mean, it should have been so much goofy fun, but it doesn't even rise to that level. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Good guys win. Yeah, good guys win, Carl, even in the 80s. Yep. God. If that would have been put out in the 70s with that tagline, it would have made fucking sense. Yeah. Because the good guys didn't win at all in the fucking 70s. No, they didn't. But in the 80s, we were all like, the good guys got to win. And there's this one scene where they're like driving, and the fucking red, white, and blue exhaust comes out of their fucking car. Oh, God. I don't need him. What the hell were you thinking? Seriously. I don't know. So, so no, I did not love this movie in 1982. But there's a movie in 1983 I love, and we're going to talk about it next. 
So go ahead. And that is the one and only, when most people think of women in prison movies, this is one of those <laughs> they automatically think of. And that is the great Linda Blair, Silva Danning, and Henry Silva in Chained Heat. Chained fucking heat, man. I mean, Silva's yep. character is so scummy, he has a goddamn hot tub in his office. Yep. So let's and and, and let's, not, let's not forget John are... Vernon in this either. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, as soon as we've seen the hot tub in his office, Henry Silva's character went from scumbag to role model to us 80s boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's so much fun. This is such a fun movie. And 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 as far as WIP films, uh when you talk 80s, this is the one you think of. Maybe not 70s, but in 80s, oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> this movie is so scummy. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, it's yeah. It's wonderful. It's just so much fun. Every male in this movie is a rapist piece of shit. Yep. And every woman in there, basically, you want to, like, bunk. Trust me. I mean, even John Vernon's a rapist piece of shit, which is not much of a stretch when you're just looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, John Vernon had an interesting career. We got to go through that sometime. I like Vernon a lot. Oh yeah, me too. And next is one of the weirder ones, which is well, when uh, the Twilight Zone mess happened, the last movie that was ever finished with uh, what's this? Who got killed on that? Who got killed on Twilight Zone set? Dick uh, uh, Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. The last film he ever done, and it got a big, wide release, was 1999, The Bronx Warrior. And it was a big hit. I love it. It's trash, but God, I love that piece of trash. Oh, oh, well, well also, it's known as Escape from the Bronx, which is how no, I saw wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Shh. You're wrong. Okay. 1999, okay. the Bronx Warriors was the original one. Escape from the Bronx is the sequel to it, which oh, came okay. out in 1983. And the main right, okay. and the and the main bad guy in the first one was, like I said, the guy from Twilight Zone who died. Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow, and the bad guy in the second one was Henry fucking Silva's Hen. As uh, Floyd, Floyd Wrangler. Wrangler, and he's just a motherfucker in this movie. But he's a motherfucker in most of his movies too. It's not. It's, no, the, he's on a different level. He was usually a asshole. In this one, he's a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a scene where he's like, "We have an eight-year-old kid. What do we do to him? Let me see your gun, okay." What are we going to do with him? Blam! Does that answer your fucking question? <laughs> I mean, he just kills women, children, <laughs> in Escape from the Bronx, doesn't he, Carl? 
He kills he kills a dog too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he even kills a dog. <laughs> yeah. It's fun as can be. Most of them either know it from the crappy MST key, MST3K version. I've got it on NGLZ Castellari's uh, post-apocalyptic collection that the Blue Underground put out. It has uh, 1999 The Bronx Warriors, Escape from the Bronx, and The New Barbarians. Nice. I mean, there's two uh, Italian films I don't know. Le Marginales. Which is ironic that the movie's titled that that I don't know that we don't know, ain't it, Carl? Yeah, absolutely. Tell them what that trans- it's marginal. Yeah, yeah, it's marginal. <laughs> and then next one is Red the Bible. And then is Carl's favorite movie in nineteen. 19- no, no one liked this film, no matter what. Uh, no. And that is Cannonball Run Two. Even the yeah. Jackie Chan bit is not any good in this. No, it's not. It's not. Sorry, no. Go on. Keep going. Because we Next got another one to talk about. Manhunt. Okay, it's prison boss. Oh, remember I said that uh the boss didn't have a sequel? I had sort of a sequel. But it's so fucking horrible that none any of us who like the boss don't want to admit it. And that's killer contra killers. Yeah, okay. Now you Leo made for 10 cents. Unfortunate. Now, you did miss one we need to talk about, even though we don't exactly want to talk about it. No, it's because next. It's, it's next. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean... This movie on paper, I'll let Carl say tell him in it. Paul Bartel, yes, he's directing. Divine, yes, this ought to be good. Tab Hunter, yes, Henry Silva, fuck, fuck yes, yeah. this is gonna be good. Oh my god, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> Pat, where did this movie go long? Well, besides the fact that. uh Paul Bartel and Divine had an immediately hate-hate relationship with each other from the get-go. Yeah. And that's not me exaggerating. They fucking... I don't know why. It's never Oh, I know why. I know exactly why. Why? You got you got two alpha queens at, after each other. Seriously, yeah, it, that's what it was. But Paul has denied that. He said... The reason we hated each other will probably never be known because I won't tell it and he can't. Well, well, I'm 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 supposing here, but you got two alphas going at each other. Yeah. And plus, the script Trust is just utter shit. It, it, it's so mistimed. It, it, it's all about the timing in that film, and that timing is completely off. And what should have been an absolute no-holds-bar home run of a film is a weak pop-out to the fucking catcher. Seriously, it's so bad. I wouldn't even call it that. I would call it one of those where the second-base guy misses the baseball. What do they call it? A dribble run? Yeah, a, a dribble error. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, just a bloop run. Where the ball goes bloop, yeah. and the guy misses the ball, and he barely makes it. But moving on, this may be the best Chuck Norris film ever made. And how much Kung Fu is in it? None. How much of his bullshit about, I'm going to get a lot of guns and kill you, are in it? None. How much of it is one of the best serious cop films of the 80s? 100 fucking percent. And that would be Code of Silence. Where the main bad guy is Louis Camacho, played by Henry Silva. Have you ever seen this? No, I have not. This oh, is one of the good. few that I have not seen of his. Oh, it's good. Like I said, it's not one of his action movies. He plays the cop who gets targeted by Silva's character for accidentally killing his son during an arrest. But the rest of the cops, because he turned in another one of the cops, are not going to help him and basically treat him like dog shit. Wow, okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So basically, he's fucked. You know what I mean. But yeah, yeah I know it's exactly. good. It's the only serious movie he ever made. And next is a movie that should have been a lot better than it was, as good as the first one was. And that is Alan Quarterman in the Lost City of Gold. No. Not yeah, good. Yeah, King Solomon's Mind was good, the first one. Yeah, agreed. That's what I'm saying. This one should have been better because of the good of the first one. This one just looked like they did it the last second and everybody looked bored shitless. But that was mm-hmm. a canon thing. And next is this bizarre little movie. That here's how I see it was made. Uh, all the directors from it were sitting around smoking dope. Hey man, let's make this shitty little straight-to-video movie that won't get released to theaters and get all our friends and just do a bunch of fucking comic skits. That sounds good, man. And from that, really, that's really how I see it getting made. We got the direct-to-video really never shown in the theaters, was it? I think I, it was shown in, in New York as uh, in the theaters, in the uh, rep theaters, but not during its original run, not when it was first released. It wasn't an original released. run. Like I yeah, said, but they you made I mean. this as a videotape movie. That's why it's got the weird transition and gags that it does. Yeah. <laughs> and that is Amazon Women in the Moon, which if we were putting this honestly with the the comedy skit films of the 70s, it'd probably be uh, right in the middle. Not the best, not, not the, the worst. worst. Wouldn't you agree? Because the best skits in there that work are, uh, well, of course, I don't have it with me. I'll get it. I'll find some way and I'll get that son of a bitch up by Wednesday. Is bullshit or not? Apartment living. Uh, the one. Where the guy, the doctor loses the baby, so he tries to pretend that his hand's the baby. Do you remember that one? Yep. Uh, the sex the tape one. one. By, the best one by far is the BD one with with uh, Paul Bartel. Yeah, that one's a surprise one. Carl? 
You yes. are unclean. <laughs> you sure are unfit for society. <laughs> oh, I am so ashamed. You should. <laughs> it's just the way that Martell says that. He just takes that glove yeah. on and just looks at her. You are unclean. Unclean. You have a, yeah, unclean. You have a social disease. It's beautiful. It sounds friendly enough, but yeah. Oh, and no soul Jones. David Allen Greer is just fucking awesome. <laughs> Tire yeah, yellow ribbon around the oak tree. <laughs> yeah. And of course, bullshit or not is classic. Because he was going to, because when he come on set, he played it first like uh, Leonard Nimoy's voice. And the director's like, no, I want Henry Silva. What? I want you to play Henry Silva playing Henry Silva as a host. Okay. <laughs> and if it, would you agree if he didn't play it as Henry Silva playing Henry Silva as a host of a Cheat Jack TV show, it would not have been as funny? I, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, especially with the closing lines. Was the Loch Ness Monster to Jack the Ripper? Did I just do this for a quick buck? <laughs> bullshit or not? Join us tonight on our bullshit reenactors. But yeah, Wait, and it, go ahead. No, that's fine. Uh, we got another one we got to talk about. We got two. We got a lot more. Couple more. Yeah. We got one of the best action films that uh, Fred Olin Ray put out, and that will be Bulletproof with uh, Gary Busey, and he plays Colonel Kharkiv in it. Yeah. It's a good. It's a. It's an okay film. It's not one of my favorites. It's one of the better ones from uh, Fred Olin Ray, but then. Any of those ones that Fred Arnold and Ray did in the late 80s, early 90s were fucking good. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. And yeah. next after that is, you know how some people, when they're doing their first film, they want to make sure there's no one bigger than them to outshine them. Steven Seagal said, okay, I'm going to stack this motherfucking deck so people will know how badass I am because I'm going to hang around the badasses. So he's like, get me Pam Greer. Get me Henry Silva. And we got Above the Law, which a lot of people have completed as Seagal's best film. Oh, oh I agree. I agree. Uh, and Silva... Is just he, he's a revelation in this film. He's just so badass in this film. Of course, have Pam, one of my Pam, favorite yeah. lines ever from him. Go for it. Over in Vietnam, we used to fuck guys like you. You were our pussy. How <laughs> can you not love that? Seriously. 
And awesome. he's done three more, which I don't know. And let's move on to one of those films. If you look at it on paper, it should have been good. William fucking Forsythe, Henry Silva, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Al Pacino, Mandy fucking Patinkin. Good Lord. Then how the hell, but Dick Tracy, because. He may be a good director, but he's a goddamn narcissistic piece of shit when he's the star of the films that he's directing. That's Warren Beatty, of course. Yeah, Warren Beatty. And some of the worst miscasting of all time. Madonna. Okay, Okay, now I have to say something about that. I agree with you. However, there's a reason Madonna is in there. So she can sing... All those songs by Stephen fucking Sondheim. Yes. Prince recorded the whole Batman soundtrack. And he's not in the fucking movie. I know. <laughs> and you know who else sings her in that fucking movie? Dick Tracy? Who basically who? says, bitch, get off my screen. Mandy fucking Patinkin. Yes, that's true. I mean, Madonna's good, but then Manny Patinkin sings in that one scene, and it's like, bitch, get off of my screen. This is mine now. Yeah. But, oh, God, I was going to slap me. Okay, slapped. Because I was going to ask you the stupidest question in the history of stupid questions. Okay. Hasn't Mandy Patinkin sunk it, sung any Sondheim songs before? Oh, God, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yes, of course he has. My favorite, one of my in the favorite park with Sondheim plays, yeah, one of my favorite Sondheim plays, Sunday in the Park with George. But I got to say something, just off the top. You have not heard Sondheim sung unless you've heard Mako do, do it. Fucking Mako. That's all I've got to say, Pacific Overtures. Go go check it out sometime. Okay, back to Silva. <laughs> well, next is two he did, Fist of Steel and Lamet, which I've never seen. And let's see if this is... Oh, God, yes. This is a good one if you haven't seen it. Okay. This one of the few starring Rose Miguel Ferrer ever did, and it's called The Harvest. Have you ever seen it? No, I've never seen it. Well, basically, Miguel Ferrer plays a guy who uh, is burnt out from his work, so his boss sends him down to Mexico on a vacation, and he meets this girl, and then he wakes up the next morning with his kidney gone and a bathtub full of ice. Jesus. And it gets more twistier than ever after that. I got to see this. I'm looking at I'm looking at this now. Yeah. Okay, Miguel Ferrer, Henry Silva, Kim fucking Camerson, Harvey and, Fierstein. Yeah, Harvey Fierstein. Holy shit. Yeah, it's good. Okay, that's good. I'm glad because the next one is really fucking bad and I got to at least mention it. And that's The Silence of the Hams. Oh, the Hams. Fuck that okay, movie. So, you can ignore it. 
Fuck it. Fuck you it. You can definitely it, ignore it. it. Fuck it. You know, you know, it's um what's his name? Uh not James Coco. It's Enzio um, Gago. Enzio Gregorio directed it. In case you right, want right. to watch it and you want to beat the uh, shit out Don of the guy. Don yeah, Galloway's. It's okay, Hannibal it's, Cannibal. No, and it's basically uh, a, 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 you know, um, uh, scary movie type of thing on on Silence of the Lambs, and it's bad. It's so fucking bad. So when you have I, Billy I just, Zane and he's not even funny acting over the top, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and speaking of bad mafia movies. Okay. Mad Dog Time, 1996. Uh, yeah. Could have, should have been better. You know, I mean, look at the cast. Michael Pollard. How often do you see Michael Pollard as a star? Henry Silva, Gabriel Byrne, Jeff Goldblum, Ellen Barkett, Gregory Hines, Kyle McLaughlin, Billy Idol, Billy Drago. Richard Dreyfuss, Burt Yeah, Reynolds. this is another one of those made during the Tarantino boom where it's basically a bunch of criminals in a room trying to outcool themselves. Yeah. Seriously. And to say it doesn't work is like peeing, saying peeing with your pants on and only get your wet pants. Right. And... Next is one of the most confusing movies that me and Carl have ever seen. And we're like, uh, what the fuck? What the actual <laughs> fuck? And that will Sam, be the what end kind of, of fucking violence. drugs are you on? What the you know, fuck? You know why that movie's a lie? Because the end of violence is so bad it makes you want to beat the shit out of somebody after the movie's <laughs> over. And the movie I didn't well, want to mention of yours is actually his last acting role because his real last role is Ocean's Eleven as Boxing Spectator 1, which is a cameo. But his last acting role in the film is Go for Ghost it, Dog. Now, I, I'm going to take this because uh, Stephen and I disagree about this film. I love this movie. I adore Adore this film. And I love Forrest Whitaker. I love everything about this movie. But let me tell you something. For a last role, true acting role, does he just absolutely fucking nails it. It is so beautiful. And, and, and Henry just is so good in this movie. And let me just give you the, 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 the cast in this, okay? So you get an idea of who the cast is and who he's playing with. So Forrest Whitaker plays this hitman who only by uh, who only can be uh, contacted by pigeon. And he follows the samurai code, and he's called Ghost Up. And um, so basically, you've got John Tormey as Louis, who is his sort of like he he adopts him. And Henry Silva is the main bad guy, but Cliff Gorman is in this, you know. Uh, uh, and a lot of people who you've seen their face, but you don't know them, Victor Argo, uh, uh, Frank Minucci. Uh, but it is such, 
It is so much fun. Henry Silva is just who really. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Henry Silva has this thing where he's talking about rap music and how he loves Flav Flavor Flav, and it is one of the funniest fucking things you have ever seen. It is beautiful. It is a great role. It's a great final role for him. So God bless Henry Silva. God bless Jim Darmish. If you uh, really look at Jarmish's uh, films, he really is a wannabe exploitation director because he has done one of every, so far, every exploitation genre. I don't know what he has left because he started with Dead Man, his Western, Ghost Dog, his uh, Samurai film, his... Italian Mafia movie. <laughs> yeah. And then he did his vampire movie. He did his zombie movie. Yep. It's like he wants to get like a collection of, you know, this is my zombie, this is my, you know. Yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I find him one of the most unique people now. It's not like I like all his films because I don't. But but I'm always interested in what he does. And I, I love Jarmish. Love Jarmish. Yeah, and here we go with his television. Two episodes, let's see, DDD, yeah. Two episodes of Alfred Hitchcock, Better Bargain, and the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, all out for Oscar. Right, and, and those are very important. Because that they were really setting him up as a bad guy. He plays a hitman in both of those. So already he's doing it yeah. in the fifties. And then he was in two episodes of uh, Outer Limits as Chino Rivera and General Juan Mercurio. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he was in three episodes of The Untouchables as Little Charlie Sebastiano and Joker. Yep. It seems like once he did a show, he did like two or three episodes of... Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And he was on Dr. Kildare as Ed Carson, uh, Night Gallery, The Doll. He did every... It seems like he did every... One of the big ones, except for uh, Twilight Zone. Right. He did Boys did to the Bottom train. of the Sea. Yep. I'm just going by what's here. Uh, he did Mission Impossible, Thriller, which is underrated, and The Streets of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Me, if Another I pick couple. the one... Go ahead. Another couple he did, just so everyone knows, I Spy. Uh, he did uh, a number of them. He did the FBI. He did three episodes of the FBI. Uh, there's one I'm going to mention when we get to 1978, so I'm going to give it no, back to you. No, that's all the ones I got on this TV stuff, but go ahead and mention okay. the 1978 one. So, so... I have a love of a specific series. It was 1978. It was only on for one season. 
It was created by Buck Henry. It's a science fiction uh, starring Richard Benjamin, and it's called Quark, and it's, and uh, it's also great. Has, and it's fantastic. And Tim Tamerson is the first uh, um, non-binary character on television. He plays Gene and Gene. Um, but there's the High Gorgon, and you hear the voice of the High Gorgon all the way through the series. But then you get to see him at the end of the series, and it's fucking Henry Silva. It's like, that's awesome. Do you remember the joke that, with Hammerson that got him in trouble? No, go ahead. It was towards the first, and he said, I'm non-binary. I'm female and women first. And then one of the two girls said, oh, does that mean you can go back from the ship yourself? He said, yes, and I do A lot (laughs) Quark was too smart for the room And that's why it never caught an audience Well, that and NBC changed the fucking time slot Every fucking Mm -hmm. episode I wish I was underrated But no, every episode was on a different time So any chance of it finding an audience was can kill. But you know the the funny Wait, thing is. Let me is, finish. Let me finish. Okay. And they canceled it after three episodes, but there was such a fan outrage and letter writing campaign that NBC played out the rest of the season during the summer package. Right. And the funny thing is, after after all that is said and done. Years later, it, it sort of escaped onto VHS, and then boom, you just people loved it, and and it's gotten such a great uh, cult following and a well deserved one too. And I'm le- and, I'm one of the leaders of that cult. And I love that almost every science fiction mo- uh, show up to them had every one of the people on the spaceship doing classy jobs. We explore space. We're space pirates. Quark. Yeah, we're fucking garbage, man. I love it. I know. I love it. There wasn't nothing fancy or exotic about their job. They just pick up the garbage. Exactly. It's it's a great little series. And if you get a chance, see it. You know, see it. it. It's well worth it. Uh, okay, now comes the time. Uh, what 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 would be your? You might see this because not too many people seen this movie of Henry Silva. Okay. And Ghost Dog, you can't mention because it's on the Criterion Collection and on the Criterion Channel. So that okay, means well, it's hit a home run. <laughs> okay, so 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 the movie that people should check out. That people don't know is shoot. Oh God, yeah, that'd be my yeah, okay. Yeah. Period. Shoot. I would also say thirst. Also. Oh God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, thirst and shoot are fucking amazing. I've seen it, but on a crappy copy that was uploaded to uh, YouTube. Right. Oh, and guess what book I found in uh, 
This doesn't have nothing to do with it, but guess what book I found in the free books at McKay's yesterday? I have no idea. Tell me. Some kind of hero. Oh, cool. Yeah, after the movie, I can remember remember all the time we talked about how much they changed it. I finally want to get to read and see how much they freaking changed it. Have you read the book? No, I don't know the book. Oh. But... For me, it would be Trapped. That one is so good. Yeah. That's one I have to see. That's one I have to see. And Almost Human, which I wish had a great... I think it... No, I don't even know if it has it. Yeah. Uh, Kino Lore, but uh, no. Uh, I forgot what company, but yeah, it's out on Blu-ray. But yeah, almost human is certainly worth it. No question. Yeah. And like I said, we're going to be doing that and, of course, uh, Defenders of the City, which which is just fun. And if you have, aren't into Polizia as much, try them out. They're pretty good. And just because they didn't bring them over for us to see doesn't mean they're bad movies. It's just they didn't know how to market them. You know, and and, and let, the the Leo set on um, on Arrow is well worth it, and it's got two of the best, or, or uh, two of the best uh, um, uh, films of Henry Silva. So definitely, you want to check check that out if you have uh, Arrow. It's well worth it. Yeah, and the other one that had well, Mister Scarface or Rulers of the City with uh, Jack Palance isn't that good. But shoot first, die later is good. Uh, and if you're looking for uh, police films and you like a lot of action, well, if uh, police the uh, or a police action genre film from the Italian, and it says directed by Umberto Lindsay, that's like a five star recommendation right there. Pete, you might know him for his crappy horror films, but good God, when he got into the action genre. It's like well, Almost someone... Human is... Yeah, go ahead. Almost Human is just, just insanely good. And it is dark yeah. as fuck. It's like uh, looking at <clears throat> Carl play all day on a guitar, and you're like, God, he don't know music, he can't play. And then he walks over to his organ. Right. At the, there. And he starts doing some Phantom of the Opera type shit. And you're just sitting there. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> well, it's the best analogy I could come up with. You know, someone that wants to play A, but they can't do it that good. But when they get into B, God damn. Yeah. And that's one of the sad yep. things about Henry Silva is he could do A and B, but he never did get many chances to let his comedic side or dramatic side out. Mm-hmm. He was always now that's why I really like some of his Silva. comedic stuff because you don't get a chance to see that. 
Yeah, that's why when you first watched the Amazon Women and the Moon, it's such a shock hearing him walk on the screen and say that. It wasn't it, Carl? Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. And what do you have planned for later this week? Okay, well, Tuesday, it is Hispanic Appreciation Month, and we've got two... um, uh, commentary watch is coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, one of Rachel's favorite films, and that's Like Water for Chocolate. On Saturday, I, I think it it might be Thursday, it might be Saturday. We haven't set it up yet specifically, but uh, the one that I've picked is one of our favorite directors, Mike Mendez, and we're doing yeah, Big Mendez. Yeah, and, and, and tell him about. Tell him about about our 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 Mexican sidekick in that film. He's wonderful. Talk talk a little and, bit about that. Well, you'll talk about that on your show, but he is great in there. And I love the term like water for chocolate more than the movie. Do you know what that term means, don't you? No, go ahead and tell me. Because when you add chocolate to water, it makes the chocolate in the water twice as strong and powerful. So basically, oh man, when Carl was with that girl last night, it was like water for chocolate. They just all they just went fucking shit crazy, bat shit crazy with each other. Yep. And since and, it's and we're panic be... uh, week, uh, I, I know. Yeah, tomorrow's Taco Tuesday. We'll take a risk. Go to a Puerto Rican restaurant and get Puerto Rican tacos. Or go to a Mexican restaurant and get fish tacos. Or pulled pork tacos. Or if you don't like tacos, get some mole poblano. Yeah, expand your mind than what you usually, you know. Well, I was just trying to say because it's, you know, the whole Taco Tuesday thing to really. exactly. Because they got some stuff that's too hot for me, but they take... uh, the Puerto Ricans, they take the taco shell after they fry it, and they dip it mm-hmm. into the hot sauce. Oh, and wow. then they put the meat and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. Probably because the most it, unusual taco I ever had was oxtail. I've had oxtail before. God damn, that, that, that one is a motherfucker to cook because of... How tough it is. That's one of those you got to cook. That's one of those you got a free day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, always exactly. expand your mind. Let's see. Mike Mendez films, watch that. Tries uh, Bland, Armando uh, the Serial's Blind Dead films. Uh, get yourself some Paul Nashi. Watch some El Santo this month. Uh, We're trying to find you, some good El Santos to do this month. Find, by the way. Uh, if you both had a Midnight Pulp, there'd be a bunch of them on there. Or if you want to get into some Cuban food, uh, go to Vampires in Havana, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Or One of the Dead from Cuba. Mm-hmm. It's about a Cuban who, when. Uh, the zombie holocaust hit he starts to build business the love family members died your grandma's died they've come back from the dead call us 
so you won't have to hurt your loved ones. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Or go down to Brazil and get yourself a little hit of Jose Mojica Marines. Oh, yeah. But watch out. Marines is the strong stuff. Oh, I love, I love him. Love him. Yeah. There are so many Spanish horror films and Spanish things out there that you don't have to stick to one part. But the problem is that Americans only watch what is released in America. They don't. They don't they jump don't look until at... someone brings the pool to them. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You want to check it out. You definitely want to check it out. good Mexican horror film to find, if you can find it, is uh, if you like the crying woman that The Conjuring did, look up La Curse of the Loreana from the 60s. Oh, that, that's that, really good. I know that yeah. one. Or la medite or la meditation of la lorania. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned one. It's a little bit. Uh, you'll get a little bit of uh, Chile Chilean flavor to it, along with this Mexican flavor, and that's the uh, Santa Sangre. That's another great one. And of course, uh, well, no, Save Day is the Deal. The Day of the Dead by Elsie Iglesias for Christmas. But nice. watch uh, Perita Durango any time of the year just to see that crazy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, yeah. And if you respect okay. me and respect my opinion, and you say, ooh, I'm going to watch something, I'm going to watch something Spanish. And you, if the word del Toro even come across your lips, I'm ashamed of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, well, I, it's his very first one. Cronus. Cronus. I would say he gets a he gets a pass for Hellboy too, but that's me. No, Cronus is just that damn good. And plus, oh, Cronus is great. And plus, uh, what's his name who plays Hellboy is so fucking great with that. Yeah, and, and the other one I would say is is. Um, um, Del Toro. What's the one? Not not. Oh shit. The one about the the kid and and the unexploded bomb. Oh, the devil's what? backbone. Yeah, but that's not the much devil's of a backbone film. is fantastic. That has horror elements, but that's more of a fantasy film. Mhm. It's still great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Agreed. My biggest complaint about. about Del Toro, and it's a sad thing, is some directors should never have access to big amounts of money. Mm. And I'm not saying that they waste it. I'm just saying that he works so much better with with his nickel and dime productions. Well, I think he actually works better in his own language. That's my thought. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll see you on Wednesday. And 
rest in peace, Henry Silva. Rest in peace to the great Axel Jodorowsky. Absolutely. You left before your time. Oh, and to go with it, Henry Silva says he was of Spanish-American descent. So we didn't strain that far with that ending. No, we did not. No, we did not. All right. Well, thank you very much, Stephen, for having me on tonight. Really appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon and see you on Wednesday. Good night, everybody. Or vaya con Dios, mi amigos. Vaya con Dios. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.